Everyone starts from the same place, but only a few make it to the pros. Ever wonder how they did it? Well, here's how. This is the Pro Athlete Academy podcast, where athletes, coaches, and executives tell their stories on how they navigated their careers from youth sports to the pros, providing the decisions made, challenges overcome, and the methods used so that you will have the tools to reach your full potential. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Kevin, Pro Athlete Academy. Today I am excited for this podcast. I was truly looking forward to this ever since I got it booked. And this is a very personable, a very personable, a very personal, there we go, we can talk today, a very personal show for me. Craig Churchill is the guest today. He is the women's coach at the New Hampton School in New Hampshire. Um, It's a prep school in New England. And He is one of the two most influential people outside of my family and my life. He was instrumental in me being successful in hockey. Um, Got through a lot of personal challenges through high school, especially in my senior year and through my junior years. Um, He's been there for me, even if we go years without talking. He's helped me get my first job. He's always there to lend a hand and is completely unselfish and my hope is that this episode and going forward this is the start of me repaying all of the great things that he's done for me so coach thank you so much I appreciate you coming on the show we talk about prep school what it's like to be recruited how can you get noticed what type of decision you should make if it's the right fit for you what life's like on campus how does a coach approach things and just some interesting conversation around recruiting, prep school life, college, all good things. Um, We'll definitely have Coach back on um, because he can shed a lot of light into a lot of different areas. Today we just kept it general around prep school, um, but definitely have him back on the show to talk to us more. So I hope you guys enjoy. I know I had a great time catching up with an old friend. Um, And again, Coach, thank you so much for everything you've done for me. And thank you for everything that you continue to do for your athletes um, going forward, past, future, and present. Yeah, so prep school has been kind of a lifelong journey for me. I, I, I got into it when I went to prep school back in 1991, and tuition was a third of what it is now. <laughs> um, so anyone could afford to go. Now, uh, now it's becoming more and more challenging. But yeah, I got into it back in 91 and went, went to a, a boarding school myself for four years. and the I think the the thing for me that clicked at the time was the relationships that that I built with uh, faculty and staff that were in the community at the time, and I just I'm I'm a big relationship person. Um, community relationships they're they're all very very important to me. And so at the time I remember thinking like, man, I'd love to I'd love to live in a place like this and raise my kids in a place like this. So. Um, you know, from there, I just, uh, I just kind of kept it in the back of my head and, um, went, went back to school as I got a little older, um, actually got up my first job and I knew like, I didn't have a teaching background. I knew that's where I wanted to go, yep. but I had a financial background. So I figured out how do I get my foot in the door? Right. And that's kind of how it goes with any line of work, right? How do you get your foot in the door? How, what's that entry point going to be? And for me, it was development. Um, so it was the financial side of, of prep school. So got in that way, went back to school after I was in a school working and, uh, kind of the rest went from there. They had a, you know, it's all about timings again, you yeah. know, 
the rest went down from there. They had an opening and I think I was probably the fourth or fifth person they wanted to hire, but um doesn't matter. Didn't matter. I got the job and uh and I ran with it. So um yeah. How much did um did sports play a big role in that initial decision for you to jump in or did that come later? Yeah, hundred percent. Um in fact when I before I got into boarding school fully, I worked at a at a private school as a coach. Um I got a job coaching hockey at a private school out in Colorado and uh and so that's kind of where it all began. And again, knowing private school, it's not just how good of a teacher you are, how good of a coach you are, uh, how good of building relationships you are. It's not any one of those things. It's all of those things. So it's, it's, it's how good can you do all those. So I, I knew that I needed to, to sort of broaden my horizons a little bit. I didn't have any coaching experience. I didn't have any teaching experience. So how do I, how do I attain these experiences? So I, I got a job coaching first. And, uh, and then, you know, it's always been about sports for me. I mean, I think there's a lot of really great lessons we can learn in the classroom. Um, but there's some even better lessons that we can learn on the sports field in a hockey rink, wherever it may be, um, that, that will serve these kids for the rest of their lives. So that, that, so sports was always like one of the big drivers. I like the, I like that vehicle to, to life lessons that we can teach these kids. So yeah, it was always sports and, um, Sports and my love for history. Yeah. <laughs> always the drive. Damn, so. Bill, and also being able to be the teacher and being on campus with prep school, even going through with your athletes, it's huge from an athlete's perspective, right? You get to understand who your coach is, not only as your coach, yeah. but you get to build that relationship personally because you see them around campus. You get to actually understand what makes them tick. You are together for, I mean, majority maybe a year, but mostly two plus years. And that really starts getting some trust in there with your coaches. And I think when I was at school, that was a huge part. I mean, with yourself and a couple of other coaches, I built great relationships with um, that helped me get to the next level and things like that. So I think one of the big things that's a draw for prep school is that ability to live with your coaches, live with your teachers. And then that brings a whole new level of kind of chemistry, I guess, when you step onto the playing field. Yeah, that's, that's so accurate. And I think, you know, as, and that certainly that thought went into my head, you know, like I think public school pay, probably pays better. So, you know, for someone who's looking at the bigger picture, maybe they're factoring into public school, the, the pay, the, the benefits, whatever. Um, but as a public school, like you just alluded to, you, there's a time when you have to go home and you don't get to, that relationship ends at that point. At a boarding school, like you said, there's so many contact points. So whether it's, you know, me sitting out on the side patio, having dinner with my family and two, two players walk by, they come over and say hi. And they, they see my family. They see me as a dad, you know, not, not just yep. as a coach. And so, like you said, it, that, those are the things that build those, 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 that trust. And for you to be, I think, for you to be an effective leader, you have to have that trust with your kids. So when your kids see you in a vulnerable position as a parent, um, you know, as a teacher, whatever it may be. You, those are all moments that you build those relationships. They're, they're non, I didn't make this term up, but it's non-contingent conversations. So contingent conversations would be conversations that are like about history when I'm in the classroom or about hockey when I'm on the rink. Yep. Non-contingent conversations are the ones that we build when we're talking about things that aren't related to our subject matter. Um, so yeah, so there's so many more contact points in a boarding school to, to have those non-contingent conversations to further that trust and build that relationship. So 
Yeah, perfect. So um, just to kind of dial back and get kind of down on the direction we want to head in. So um, we touched a little bit on the beginning, right? And you started getting into a little bit of the debate from your side of public versus private. And then also in sports, like if we're talking hockey, lacrosse, other things, there's a lot of other options there. So if we start from the beginning as to as from an athlete and also their parents, because parents are a huge part of this too. This is probably more of a conversation for the parent than actually the athlete. So if we start from the beginning and just kind of thinking, where do, when does prep school start coming into the conversation for an athlete, right? And kind of what does that process start to look like at the beginning? I mean, I think the reality of it is that that conversation has to happen early. Um, uh, you know, the the rising cost of boarding school is is putting this in a place that you can't make that decision. For for most families, you can't make that decision. You know, midway through your eighth grade year, and say, "Hey, let's go to boarding school next year." Yeah. Uh, it's not it's it's not easy to do. So I think that conversation happens early. Um, you know whether it whether it be uh academic related or, or athletic related you notice you know maybe you're in a school system that that doesn't score high um a, a, in its ratings for for public schools and you recognize hey at some point my child's gonna have to go away to, to boarding school to, to go to a private school maybe whatever it may be uh, or maybe athletically maybe you know as you were growing up your parents probably said hey geez kevin's gifted at sports like this kid's talented like public school isn't going to be enough for him um, so at some point, yeah, like that, that conversation has to happen early so people can start planning. I think one of the biggest things, um, I hear it from admissions offices all the time. And there's with that, you know, we're talking a lot about cost, but with that is there's lots of financial aid that can be given to families. But one of the things I hear from, from admissions offices all the time is we don't want to pay for, a, we're not going to give a family a lot of financial aid while they are showing up in a Range Rover or, you know, yeah. going on these fancy vacations. So making those decisions ahead of time saying, hey, this is an investment in my child's future. So maybe I'll drive a Ford Explorer instead of a Range Rover. Or maybe we'll, we'll go on a vacation to um, Acadia National Park in Maine instead of going to the Bahamas or something, whatever it may be. Um, uh, so, so that you're kind of scaling things back as you get closer. But that conversation I really think has to happen soon. That being said, it can happen as late as uh, you know, October, November of the year following when you want to go. So yep. um, for those people that need to think about the financial piece, I'd have those conversations sooner. Uh, for those people who aren't as concerned with the financial piece, it's just a matter of when you're ready to do it. Um, but, uh, but know that the, the, the landscape is getting more and more competitive with the athletics. Um, you know, teams like I'm out actively recruiting. So my team is full by January, February, I know who my, my team's gonna be for that following year. So if you call me up in, uh, you know, tomorrow in May and you say, hey, my daughter really wants to go to a prep school and play hockey and we wanna to go to New Hampton, I don't have any openings right now. Yep. Um, so, so there is, you know, there are a lot of things to factor, whether it be financial, whether it be a spot on a team, you wanna make a varsity roster, um, whatever. If you're younger, maybe you're not as concerned with varsity, maybe, you know, getting somewhere that's got a good pipeline uh, is important, but yeah, I, the sooner, the better I, I tell people. Uh, and what I will say too, I'll end on this. Yep. Um, I hear a lot of times families say they have never heard a family say, I wish we waited longer to get <laughs> my, my child to prep school. But I hear people say all the time, I wish we had done this sooner. 
Um, so that's where the kid who maybe repeats his sophomore year or comes in as a junior, families always say, man, I wish we had done this sooner. I wish we had done this sooner. So um, it's never too late to start thinking about it, I think. And uh, the sooner the better, really. And I, there was a lot of, I mean, I repeated junior year to go and that extra year was was yeah. huge. And it was kind of, it was more so like my brother went to prep school. I kind of followed in the footsteps because he had success and so on and so forth. But it, when you are making those decisions, and I know there's a whole bunch of different things, but we were talking about if we're saying that versus recruiting, getting noticed by coaches, is it similar to as if you're kind of a college coach going to games and you're just playing, or is it more of an active role for a parent having to reach out and get their kids seen? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And I think I think it kind of happens in a lot of ways in, in two different ways. Um, avenues one being uh, you know a, a coach who is certainly an active recruiter is going to go out and, and they're going to watch tournaments so so getting on a club team that is active that that plays uh, in, in as many tournaments as possible and um, so so I'll like for instance myself or our, our men's basketball coach at New Hampton or women's basketball coach our men's lacrosse coach whoever it may be we'll go out and we'll watch tournaments we know when the tournaments are happening and we'll watch for kids and a good recruiter is going to identify a kid and they're going to, they're going to try to find mom and dad and, and, uh, and make a phone call and sort of, you know, cold call them in that sense. Um, so that can happen. That being said, if you want to do this, I certainly wouldn't sit around and wait for that to happen. Um, yeah. I think, I think your best bet is to be proactive as a, I know as a, as a recruiter, I love getting emails and I, and especially I love getting emails from the kids. Um, you know, it's nice when you hear from the parents and at some point, you know, yeah, you got to have those conversations with mom and dad. But I love it when a kid emails me and says, hey, I'm so-and-so, this is my story in a, in a brief email, and uh, I'm looking at going to prep school. That's, that's a great way to start. I think another really important thing to include in that is a quick video clip. It's so easy to upload video to YouTube these days. So if you send an initial email contact, you know, a, a brief email, there's a little bit of background on yourself, include a, a video clip if you can get one. Um, that's a great way to get yourself on the radar screen of a private school recruiter. Um, and it's competitive. I mean, it is very, I think you alluded to it a minute ago, it's very much like college. Um, yep. we're, we're out there actively recruiting. We're looking for, for the right kids. And, and all the prep schools are different, similar to college. As you found out when you went through your college process with hockey, like they're all different and they all have a different vibe. They have a different feel. And there's a, a right school for everyone. So as recruiters, we're looking for the right players to fit our program. So yep. it's so important to visit as many schools as you can. Um, you know, I know the kind of person that's not necessarily like I go to a hockey game. I'm not necessarily looking for the best players out there. I'm trying to find the kids that are going to fit into our community, but also, you know, maybe they're not the best players, but what I think maybe has the highest ceiling for, for growth. Um, so with that, you know, being able to display that growth mindset as a, as a potential player, is huge for, for recruiting. Um, but yeah, but definitely take a, an active role in the process and, and kids should initiate conversation as much as possible. It shows initiation, it shows seriousness, um, shows maturity. I think it's really important. So when, and we're talking and we're based mostly in talking about New England prep schools. Yeah. And I mean, prep schools are pretty much sporadic anywhere, right? So you have majority of them are up here in the Northeast, but they are 
most of the time in isolated areas. So yeah. for you, like recruiting, I know that they, you probably are able to get kids from all over. You're not just getting kids from New England. So the girls that you're able to recruit and how do you recruit those girls? Is that word of mouth? Are you traveling to go places? But it's not like a college coach that you, or an NHL team that you have a, a full-time and the yeah. money to then just start traveling yeah. all over the country. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's a great angle, and I, you're very right. I mean, we, we have a very diff- – school. all schools are different. We, uh, we're very much committed to, um, to our recruiting um, because we see it as a tool of, of, you know, we get to go out there and select personally the kids that we want in our community. Um, so, so we take that part very seriously. So we do have a budget, like I can fly uh, a couple times a year out to see places. So what I do is I'll target, like, if I know there's a big tournament in Detroit, Michigan, where there's going to be, you know, teams from all over the country, I'll target that tournament because I know there's a lot of teams there. And in one weekend, I can see a ton of players. Um, and, and it also offers me an opportunity to try to strike up small talk, you know, small conversation with, with families in, in the yep. rink, outside of the rink, et cetera. So, um, yeah, so kid, so in very, and, and that for me is very big thing because the way I look at it is, you know, we're up here, like you said, up in a rural area in New Hampshire, there's a lot of private schools that a kid from the Boston area has to drive by to get here. So there's a lot of competition. Whereas if I go for a kid in Alaska, California, Colorado, um, they don't, it's a flight. So it doesn't matter where they go. They're going, they're taking a flight to get there. Right. So, um, so I, I try to diversify my team. I also do it because I want a diverse group of players on my team. I don't want my team made up of all Massachusetts and New Hampshire kids. I want kids. I want these kids. I mean, that's part of going to a private school is you're going to be around kids that you've never seen before that, that come from all over the world. Um, so I want to mimic that on my team. I want as, as much diversity in my team as I can get so that I can just enhance that experience. So, yeah, so kids, you know, if you, it doesn't matter where you live, where you're from, you should definitely uh, be looking into a boarding school. But if you are on a team, try to play in those tournaments where you know it's going to be a, a big tournament with lots of teams there because those are going to draw those recruiters in. Nice. Dan, it's – it goes into like the debate as to where your child should be playing in the different areas that you want them to go into. Right. So if you're thinking prep school is going to be where you want to be, it's more of playing those club teams that are going to be in the right tournaments and the big national tournaments. Yeah, You can play in your regional ones, right? Like, um, I mean, Massachusetts, I mean, anything's big because you're here, right? Like, like any of the chowder cups and things like that, everyone's going there. But if you're from outside and you want to get seen by prep schools or potentially send an email and invite a coach such as yourself out there, you want to make sure that it's a big national draw that, makes it worthwhile for them to come out and use it as leverage to get them out there. Absolutely. And I, and I think another big part of that is that, as I alluded to earlier with the, with the video clip, if a kid emails me from New Mexico and I don't get any video, it's going to be really hard for me to commit in my budget to try to go see that kid play unless it's convenient, unless they're playing in a tournament here in the Boston area that I can drive to. Yep. They're never going to make it to the East Coast and they're staying mostly out West and I don't get a video and I don't have any idea how good that player is, it's going to be really hard for me to really follow up with that situation. If they send me a video link and they're very talented and they seem like a great kid, then you know, maybe I'll try to commit some resources to that kid. So 
sending a video, if you really want to get noticed, if you really want to make it happen, sending a video is really important. I think a lot of times these people, you know, from other parts of the country that are a little further away, you know, I always get this, you know, yo, you can talk to my coach, they can tell you, you know, how good I am. Well, I don't know how, who that coach is. I don't know what yeah. that coach's experience is. I don't, it's, talent can be subjective. Um, so for me, it's great to hear a coach talk about a kid's character, but I'm not all that concerned with, with what a coach says about that player necessarily. I mean, it, it's not as important to me. Um, I need to make up my own mind. I'm going to be working with this kid. So, so that's why it's so important to have video um, and to get into those, those bigger tournaments like you were just talking about. So, Have you, um, and this is kind of new technology that's coming out, have you guys started using any of those streaming services? Like, like I, I forget, like um, the one that's in the hockey rinks now. I forget the forget the name live of it off top. Yeah, Live Barn and yeah. stuff have that. I mean, it's kind of tough, but still could be another avenue potentially to see some players. Yeah. So I so I have I have a subscription to Hockey TV, okay. um, and that airs like all the all the USA most all the USA hockey hockey sanctioned stuff will be on Hockey TV. Um, so I'll get on that a lot uh, to see kids if I can't travel. So um, so that'll happen. Um, Live Barn is another great way. Yeah, I mean, getting getting in places where you can get streamed is important. So like if you played at New Hampton, all, all of our home games are live streamed. So cool. you're so those so you know we'll send an email out to college coaches like, hey, we have a game on this date, and here's the live stream link, or we'll post it on Twitter, or Instagram, whatever. Um, so you know anywhere from 10, 15 colleges are, are popping in for a quick watch. So um, that's so you, crazy. Uh, yeah. So any of those live streaming things, and not all the prep schools have live stream like that. Um, we have it, like I said, we have it every every home game, which is which is fantastic. That's actually pretty cool for the players too. Yeah. I mean, and you don't even have to. I mean, I guess you're nervous every game then because you don't know who's watching. Yeah. It's a lot better to have just a camera in the stands than 15 scouts staring at you. So true. I mean, we, I mean, for girls hockey, I know our boys team probably averages higher. Um, but for girls hockey, we're averaging like a hundred and, uh, what was it? No, 250 to 260, um, viewers a game. That's awesome. So yeah, that's, I mean, for me, that's, that's a lot. huge. Yeah. Now, not all those are college recruiters. You know, most are family, friends, whatever. Uh, students, you know, a lot of students will watch it in their dorm because they don't want to go up to the rink. Still um, a lot of people, though. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot of people watching the game, um, and there's always a good chunk of those that, that would be college coaches that might be chiming in to watch. So. so when you – the one thing before we move on to kind of the next phase, you mentioned yeah. the, the email, the kids reaching out, um, and then you're going out, you're looking at – what are you looking for in an athlete to come into a prep school environment? Yeah, so good question. So I think the big, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I think the big thing is we want kids that want to buy into having a full high school experience, that want to go to class, and, you know, and, and sit next to a kid from Thailand or across from a kid from Texas who uh, is in drama. Um, you know, we want those kids that want to be in that, that type of community where you can go to a dance on the weekend, where... Um, you're going to play a fall sport and a spring sport outside of your hockey season. Um, so we want those kids that, that, that want to diversify who they are, that want to, um, you know, find more opportunity, that, that recognize that hockey or any sport, whatever they're playing, is a, is, a, is a big, big part of their life, but it's not the only part of their life. Um, 
I see it all too often. A kid who puts all their eggs in one basket, right? They come here, they want to play hockey. They're going to go play division one and they're, they're going to go to school, whatever, but, but hockey's everything. And then let's say they get injured or maybe they're on the third or fourth line. It yeah. ruins everything. They're, they can't focus in school. They're not being social with their friends. So we want to get those kids that want to buy into the whole experience so that when things aren't going right in hockey, they have all these other things going on in their lives out of boarding school that keep their spirits up, that keep them focused, that keep them chugging along. Um, so I think that that's the biggest thing is demonstrating all the other things that make you who you are, that make you special. Um, we understand hockey is a big part of your life. That's why we're having the conversation because you know you, you reached out to me or, or a baseball player or a football player, whatever. We understand that's a big part of your life. But more importantly, who are you? Like, what are you going to bring to our community other than just the fact that you're playing that sport? Um, so that's a, that's a huge piece of advice that I would give people um, because there's just so many kids out there that want this opportunity. How are you going to differentiate yourself from all those other people? Um, and, and be, be, it's not easy to talk about yourself. It's not easy to, to, to sort of say like why I'm so great. Yeah. Um, you know, we're always told not to do that, Yeah. but this is that one instance where it's okay to sell yourself a little bit. You know, it's okay to say that you love this and you're really good at that and, um, whatever it may be. Um, this is your time to just put it out there and you're not going to get judged. No one's going to think you're being, um, you know, cocky or, or, um, you know, fully yourself, like just, just put it out there. Let, let us know who you are and what you're going to bring to this community. Um, I think that's the best, best piece of advice I could give anyone who wants to, to make this happen. Yeah. And prep school, I think falls into, and we talked a little bit about before jumping on a lot of people approach prep school as just like another stepping stone to their, their end goal. And for some players, it's like that. Some players do are on the older end, they're getting recruited and the, college is specifically saying go play here for a year and they're doing like the gap you see that with a lot of a lot of the short new hampton basketball the the team the brewster basketball those kids are taking that pg year but a lot of kids who are they're using it and comparing it to say junior hockey or it's just a decision to all right i just come in here to play hockey for a little bit to do my two years and move on but the reality is when you get to prep school it's a completely different world and it's a community, there's a ton of different expectations on you that move in. And looking at it from that, just a stepping stone and a way to get to one area yeah. is could be really hurtful to the player, like you said, and could really yeah. have yeah. some negative effects. I think when you when you're if you're an athlete and you're looking for like what's that next move, and then you make a decision to go play juniors, you're making a decision for right now. If you if you make a decision to go to a private school, you're making a decision forever. You're, you're always going to have that connection. I see it all the time. I mean, take Kayla Barnes, who played for me for four years, who went on to the Olympics after she graduated from me, won a gold medal, is playing at Boston College now. She's one of the top players in the world. She'll tell you, if, you, if she were on this call right now, she will tell you she wishes she was back in New Hampton, that she misses New Hampton. Tyler Lydon, another kid um, who played basketball here for two years, left here, went on to Syracuse. Um, played at Syracuse for two years, took Syracuse to the, to the final four, um, went on to play, got drafted in the NBA after his sophomore year. He played a few years in the NBA. Um, he's, with, he's between contracts right now, but if you asked him, he would say, I miss New Hampton more than anything, and I wish I could be back there. 
Um, you know, so and he, and he, and this is a guy who I didn't really teach or I never taught him. I never coached him. I had never had any serious relationship with him other than the fact that we were in this community together and we built a relationship together. And to this day, he still text messages me when he shoots a turkey or it got, just got <laughs> engaged the other day. Like, you know, yeah. to you, um, how we've always stayed in touch. I mean, that, like I said, when you make a decision to go to prep school, you're making a decision forever, not just for right now. Um, and you're also going to get all those things that a junior team can offer, but you get all this other stuff too. Um, so it's, for me, it's not even comparable. Not yeah. Even. It's, it's just a different, it's a different animal. And it's like you said, I know, I mean, it's, it's simple, it's high school, right. And you, and you get to have that piece, but also a little bit of structure and you get to get a little bit of feel of what it's like to be kind of that college athlete. Cause you uh -huh. do have, you're living at school. You got to, I mean, at college you have, RAs and different and teachers that are in and around campus all the time and then you got practice you got academics you got study hall you got everything and it kind of gets you prepared for yeah. on that next level a little bit better I mean it, obviously there's a financial and a cost and that's not yeah. for everybody from that end yeah. but if you're really looking at it I, I but and to play off what you said my years in prep school some of those teams that I played on and the kids that I know was the most fun I've ever had in sports. Yeah. Like to this day, even like we, even from like winning the national championship in college and all that, that was great. Right, but right. The, probably the most fun we've had from start to finish is with that group of guys back in high school. And you're not getting that. And I played juniors, I played it all, but being yeah. back on campus with those guys would be, would be pretty cool to be able to do again. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing. It really, the whole experience is, is truly amazing. And, and I, and that's one of the reasons why I got into this business because I value those relationships. I, I love hearing from Tyler, Kayla, you, any of these former players that I've had. It just it like absolutely makes my day when I get a text message from one of them, um, from you. Like it, it's just, it's, it's just so awesome. I mean, we're by nature, I think human beings are driven by, by, you know, contact with other human beings. Like, yep. so, so it just, you know, it's just, it feels good. It just feels good. Um, and it, yeah, I, it's, it's like nothing else. And, and the kids, I, I just, like, I see kids all the time. They come, this happens too. Like, uh, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a hockey player. I'm going to come to New Hampshire and play hockey. And they end up going on to play field hockey in college. Yeah. So that's awesome. Like it doesn't, doesn't bother me. Like, I, Same I, just, I mean, yeah. that's, that's my story in a nutshell. Right. I went to Brewster playing lacrosse and right. I didn't even play hockey my junior year. Right, I remember then, that. Yeah. yeah, I did. I played soccer and lacrosse, and then right. um, missed it. Picked up a stick, and then the rest was history there. But that's yeah. that's enough. You get options, Absolutely. and also being able to maintain that, just kind of developing as an athlete from a development side. I know yeah. we mentioned this before as well. It's being able to play multiple sports and continue that yep. is huge. Because if you go another route at say sixteen, like. For hockey you go play juniors or if lacrosse there's nothing in the states but in canada there's junior lacrosse right. if you make that decision you're a hockey player right and right. there's really no turning back from there and if you want to not many people can adjust senior year <laughs> high school right. so when you get to prep school you at least keep your options open yeah. and also the recruiters and colleges are looking a lot of recruiters if you listen to them no one's saying they want a specialized hockey player no. Every single one wants an athlete. Right, right. Read the, just go on to any college website and read bios of the athletes that play any sport, 
and they all talk about all the sports they played in high school. And very rarely will you see a kid that this guy specialized in football and that's all he did. Yeah. Like, no, that kid was a star on the track team. That kid was, uh, you know, maybe whatever. He was doing other things. So, yeah, that's a very important piece. I heard I, one, one quote I got from a coach one time talking about specialization. And he, he said that, you know, when the, when the athletes get to me, the, the ones that specialize, they're broken. Their, their muscles are fatigued. They spend more time in the training room than they do out on the ice. Um, and that, that's something to consider. Um, that, that's yep. the beauty of cross training is you're, you're playing multiple sports. So you're using different muscle groups and you're always keeping, you know, the other muscles that you're not using in that moment fresh. Um, while, while always working on your core, you know, which is important for no matter what sport you do. So, so we talked and we diluted it a little bit in that kind of rant right there. Yeah. Once you get, so we get to like, you're, let's just go from the steps, right? You go, you're getting recruited, you got the attention. Now you're starting to maybe go visit a couple schools. Yeah. Um, if you are sitting in and you're bringing your children through one day, what would you be looking for as a parent kind of at a school? Like what would you be listening for? What would you be looking for? And also as the athlete coming in, what types of things would you look for to kind of find that good fit for you to go to a school? Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of it would vary on the obviously on the kid specifically. Yep. Like if you're a, you know, if if you're a uh, a kid who who likes hockey, uh, but also is really into uh, math and science, then you know, obviously you wanna you wanna have conversations with the coaches. If you go to a school and you don't get to talk to the coach, that's not good. So if a school is not putting the coach in front of you. I would say that that's a check in the, in the negative column for that school for not recognizing that that was a need of yours. That was something that's important to you. And they didn't sell that part of themselves. Um, also with that, you know, I'd be looking at their math and science center, you know, what kind of technology do they have? What, what kinds of fun things are they doing? How are they engaging in that? Um, how are they engaging their students in that uh, academic realm? Uh, Cause I think that's really important too. So, so making sure that you're, a, you're, identifying the, the things that you want out of this experience yep. and making sure that that school is showing you how they can meet your needs in those areas. Um, that's, if I'm a parent, that's number one. Um, number two, I'm looking at, if I'm looking at the, the, the community, you know, absolutely looking at the community. How, how is the community? Is it a community where, um, you know, everybody knows each other. People are saying hi to each other on the sidewalk. Or is it a community where everyone has their head down, staring at cell phones, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Go to a school meeting. I would say 100%, any school you visit, go to a school meeting. Watch their school meeting. What's the environment like at school meeting? What are the yep. kids doing in the audience? What are, how are they engaged with their peers? Um, you know, that's, that's a big one. I think, um, you know, following up, meeting students is a big piece. I, I would want my kid to be talking to, to current students and then I'd want them to be following up with those current students uh, over email or whatever or text to, yep. to, have, to ask questions as they come up. Um, so you're kind of getting a vibe for what that experience is like. Uh, I think those are kind of the, the real big ones if I'm, a, if I'm a student and or a parent looking at a school. Um, and, and I think you know, uh, every school is going to give you a tour. Um, but I would, I would, if I'm a family, like I know those tours are somewhat scripted. If I'm a family, I'd stop a random person walking by and I'd ask them a question, you know, like, 
don't be afraid to go outside the box a little bit just because you're walking along to go see the dining hall doesn't mean you can't talk to anyone um, yeah and that's a good point too to even see how the community is like like you said yeah. if you're in a good spot and you always knew the kids who were doing tours and a lot of your friends gave yeah. tours and if you were around you kind of did go a little bit out of your way to just say hello because that's just the type of environment you're in right. and if you stop a, a kid even if you stop a teacher and they just blow by you yeah. probably not the best school to be sending your kid yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah most of the people up there though in those in new hampshire around the lakes region is a, a lot of happy people up there yeah you're not going to find too many schools no. i think in, in in a rural setting like this there's that... not much to be upset about when you're at a prep school and you got like the good things around you and you're just kind of everything's focused towards improvement and right. it's a it's a great environment to be in that just breeds just positivity Ooh. I think that I think the other actually you got me thinking about something else too. I think the one other thing, you know, as you think about where you would go and as a pa parent, I'd be asking the question of what what kind of opportunities exist for my kid. Um, you know, how is my kid going to be challenged? Yeah. Because that's that's what we really want from our kids. Like we want our kids to be challenged. We want to push our kids outside of their comfort zone. And if you feel like you're sending your kid to a place that's just comfortable, and I don't know if that's a good move. Like send your kid to a place that's going to challenge them. That's going to get them outside their comfort zone. That's going to you know, make them be vulnerable a little bit. Because that's where you're going to realize how great you can be. Um, yep. if you're always operating within your comfort zone. You're, you're never going to recognize your, your fullest potential. Um, and then again, that's where that really awesome and supportive community comes into place. Because you need those adults in that community um, to, to support. I guess, and actually thinking off that, I'll say this one more thing. Um, find out how many of the faculty live on campus versus live off campus. Because if you talk about a community, a supportive community, you want your most of the faculty to be right there on campus so that they're yep. interacting with those kids on a, on a uh, all day basis. Um, you don't, you know, I would never send my, my child to a school that, you know, they're going to be coached by a coach that leaves at the end of the day. That's the whole reason you're sending your kid to a boarding school. Yeah. So like, why would you, the purpose. Right. Why would you do that? So, I mean, and, and I'm sorry for any schools out there who have coaches that leave, but like, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't yeah. Do it. Yeah. And I think that's a different, and also it depends if a lot of those coaches too, and that's a decision you want to make if you're looking at, I think from, if you're looking to send your, for multiple years, right. Yeah. And you're looking like, this is going to be like my, my child's high school experience, having the, the, coaches there the teachers on campus is hugely important if you're doing a pg year and you already know that hey I'm, I'm going to x prep school because i'm going to this college afterwards then you might not be thinking as much okay if the coach is there or not like that's yeah. a different discussion but the discussion right. that we're having today is is like you're making this decision not just for sports and if you're right. and right. if you're in a you know you're in a position if you're making a decision for sports you should know that already right 100%. like that decision's already like you've had the discussion you know you're going there to do something and you know you're going somewhere after if right. you are unsure that you're making a decision for sports you're not you need to make the decision for community academics and life after right and so i mean and the, and the sport will factor into it but those are the big decisions like what like what's your college again i'm a parent what's your college matriculation you know, where yeah. are your kids going on to college? And it's not about, and I'd be scared of two things. I'd be scared of the college office that's just pushing the NESCACs and the Ivies because not every kid's a NESCAC and an Ivy. 
I'd want to be seeing, you know, where are your kids going? Are your kids happy where they're going? And are they staying at those schools that they go to? How many of your kids go to a school and then transfer and go somewhere else after they've been there for a year or two? Like that's very telling on the college office. Like how well does the college office listen to the students and meet their needs when trying to help Good them point. stay in colleges? Um, so those are some things I guess as a parent I'd be looking at for sure. Um, you know, I, I, we celebrate, you know, my graduating class this year is Harvard, Brown, Colby, Colby. No, I'm sorry. Harvard, Brown, Bowdoin, Bowdoin, and Endicott. So obviously four really good academic schools, yep. but they're all celebrating. Like the kid going to Endicott is celebrated just as much as all those other kids because that's the school she wanted to go to. And that's the school that excited her. And it doesn't make it any, just because Bowdoin's more uh, competitive to get in, doesn't make that any better than Endicott. And just because Harvard's division one doesn't make it any better than Endicott. They're all, yep. those kids are all going on to play in college and they're all going to have this amazing experience after New Hampton. And those, they all need to be celebrated the same way. Yeah, so we, and we'll, a lot of the times, and I'm trying to, I'm biased towards prep schools and everything that's that. So where would you say that for, where do you see kids either that prep school is not for them, right? Like what kind of characteristics, like the kids who come in are parents and families where things don't work out. And if you're dead set on prep school, but you kind of don't fit it, what are some of the things that you've seen that if you're good on the fence that you might want to not go to a prep school? Yeah. So for the kid that shouldn't be in prep school, um, I mean, that kid that wants to specialize, I mean, don't come to a prep school. If you want to specialize, go to, go to a, a, a specialized academy for your, your sport. Um, that's a number one. Don't come to a prep school. If you want to stay in your room all day. Um, if you, if, 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 if you're an introvert, and you're a fixed mindset, that's bad. But if you're an introvert and you have a growth mindset, that's fine. Like, you know, we have plenty of introverts, we have plenty of professional introverts at this community. Um, but if you have a growth mindset and you're willing to push yourself outside your comfort zone and to get out and be social, there's gonna be plenty of opportunities to get you out and get you social. Um, but, but yeah, for those, for those people who are, who are open to new ideas, open, you know, just generally open-minded to, to new experiences. Those are the kinds of kids. If you're, if you're closed-minded, um, if, uh, if you're not open to inclusivity, if you're not open to diversity, if you're, if you're not open to playing multiple sports, if you're, if you're any one of those things, you shouldn't come to a private school because that's what we're all about at boarding school. We, we're all about inclusivity. We're all about diversity. We're all about playing multiple sports. We're all about um, you know, being social and, and building, building a community here yep. within our borders. Um, so that's super important. It's now that being said, I think, I think boarding school is for a lot of people. I don't think there are many people that it's not for. Yeah. Um, but if you're in those couple of categories, you, maybe you ought to rethink your decision. Yeah. And it's a lot. And also I think it's a lot of just, if you pick the right environment, I mean, they do see, you do see a lot of kids who maybe go to the wrong boarding school and it's just not the right fit. And yeah. then they end up transferring to another one and they, they're, you see them on the sports field the next year and they're a completely different person. They're happy. They're laughing. Right. But the year before they were miserable and like sitting right. in their room and only saw them at the case center, wherever you were. Right. 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 But um, it goes back to that, having that decision process. So when you have the decision process, you've picked a school kind of, what are some things that people should be looking forward to as 
an athlete on campus. So if you're you're going to be playing sports, what are the expectations and the different things of kind of like life at a prep school for an athlete? Yeah, I think the biggest thing um, when you talk about life at a private school or boarding school for an athlete is is accessibility to um, training material for your sport. So you know, for instance, if you're if you're a girl who's going to come to New Hampshire or a guy who's going to come to New Hampshire and play ice hockey, you're you're going to have access to the rink. All, all, all most of your day like if you you know i don't want to say all of your day but you know if you have a free block during the day you can go up and skate in the rink if you um you know if, if there's time that you're not doing anything and no one's and no one from new hampton is using the ice then it's available to our students we don't rent our ice out um you know we have a full-time strength and conditioning coach so you're going to have access to strength and conditioning coach we're actually building a whole two-floored strength and conditioning you know team area right now um it's under construction so you know you're, you're going to have a, a team sport area where you're going to be able to come and work out um at your craft so yeah, that um, was a big eye-opener for me when i went to school was yeah. the fact that you had the strength and conditioning coaches plus you had a dedicated athletic trainer yeah and i remember yeah. that you remember like i was like my first year of soccer I was like my ankles are killing my ankles always hurt and yeah. my knees and stuff and the guys were like just go get taped yeah i was like what the hell is it like what does that mean they go up see carrie she'll tape your ankles you'll be fine yeah. yeah and then every day like i think i overdid it because <laughs> it's there i would just be living in there i'd be like what's up ankles yeah. taped she's like kev you don't need i need it i need it yeah, and, <laughs> and need it and then yeah, it's pretty cool it ends up being a social scene and and you know you got the hot tubs and the cold tubs and oh yeah come in and hang out in the tubs and yeah i mean that's i always thought about training rooms as like this only if you're a professional athlete you had you had absolutely and then when i first saw it at brewster when i worked there and, and knew you i was like holy smokes it's just crazy everything they need yeah um, and that's it all the boarding schools have these amazing training athletic training staff and um and, and, and equipment so yeah i mean as an athlete you get top-notch care um and you also get you know doctors like we have we have a, you know a, a doctor for the football team um, you know, and if something happens with hockey, like we'll get you out to an orthopedic pretty quickly. Um, so you have access to medical staff. Um, you have, again, strength and conditioning, access to whatever it is. Like if you play basketball, you can use a gym whenever you want. If you play lacrosse, you can use the turf whenever you want. If you play hockey, you can use the rink. So you have access to all that stuff. Um, I think the other thing that's really cool that I'll point out that you have access to as an athlete at a prep school, and you'll probably remember this, is is you have access to other like-minded athletes who are competitive. So whether it's someone who's playing your sport or not, you're around other people who care about their sport and want to be the best. So yep. instead of like being in your room playing video games and screwing around, you're up in the gym working out with your buddy who plays basketball, football, and soccer because all you guys are competitive and you all want to be the best. So you're pushing each other and you're working right. out. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something that's very unique and very special about a boarding school. When you're in a public school, um, you know, you, you, you leave school and you go home and it's like your buddy calls you, hey, let's go work out of the gym. You're like, ah, I just got home. I don't want to leave. At a boarding school, it's just right there, you know? Like, yeah, you, it's you easy. You walk right up and it's there. Um, you can go do it before class. You can go do it, you know, we have 70-minute classes. So you can go do a 45-minute workout, go hit the shower and get to class. So um yeah it's just it's just super easy and really conducive to to that that you know sort of holistic development you also have access to a dining hall 
a full service dining hall that gives you any food you want. You can have, if you want lean protein, complex carbohydrates, fiber, whatever you want in your diet, you have access to it three day, three meals a day. Um, yep. They'll prepare stuff for you or you can prepare it yourself. So um, that's another Pretty huge cool. thing. Yeah. I mean, that's like, when are you ever going to have that? Like have basically have a personal chef that, that at all times yeah. Yeah, access all the time. I mean, that, that's, that's not, that's not usual. So, um, so that's another really, uh, really great thing. And I think access to your coaches, you know, we talked about that earlier, earlier in the, in the chat. Um, you know, I can't even tell you the amount of times I get a text at 10 o'clock at night, uh, or eight o'clock at night or whenever from a, from someone on my team says, Hey, can we talk quick? And, yeah. we, and we do, you know, if I, as long as I'm not busy with my family, because I think as from a professional standpoint, you really have to maintain your work uh, family life balance, which is not easy to do in a boarding school, but you have to set some boundaries. So, you know, as long as you have set those boundaries, uh, you, you know, your accessibility to your players is, is second to none. You won't get that anywhere else. Yeah. And that, that, that last point's big. Um, especially for me, there's a lot of, I mean, there's relationships that I've had in prep school and there's, you're, you got to remember too, you're a kid. Yeah. Right. You're going through a lot of changes. You're away from home and things like that. So having those relationships, especially with a coach, is huge. And those relationships helped me get through a lot of tough times as I went through those changes as a kid. And yeah. I think if I was not in the prep school environment, it would have been a lot different of an outcome. Right. No, 100, I, you're 100 percent right. I mean, this is such a vulnerable time for for a, for a kid. Um you know, there's just so much judgment and yep. you, you don't know who you are. You kind of know who you want to be, you think, but you don't know who you are and you're constantly being judged for who you are. And uh, man, it's hard. But one of the nice things about a boarding school is you have this amazing community of, of adults who support you and won't let you get picked on or bullied. I mean, bullying doesn't really happen at boarding school. I just don't know. And if it does, it's a lot of like, the whole community really bonds together and no one really yeah. stands for it. Nope. So if there is any sort of it, even the, the, the students police it themselves for the most oh, part. 100% right, 100% right, yep. So a lot of, well, gonna wrap things up a little bit, but the big thing I, I wanna point out is like the final, we talked a lot about in the beginning was like the financial aspect and yeah. the prices keep going up and everything else and it, it's not for everyone. There's opportunities for financial aid and all that stuff to get in. I'm sure if you're a good enough player, that helps a lot too. Sure. But one of the things, if you're able to do it in prep school is a viable option. Just what we went through on the sports side, it's worth the price of admission if, you, if it's something that's on the table. And it shouldn't be looked at, oh, I'm a horrible parent or a horrible kid because I got shipped off to boarding school. No, like no. it could be, a, it could be one of the great experiences of your life and be able to do it. And the cost is there for a reason. Maybe sometimes it's a little overblown, just like college, <laughs> but yeah. there's nothing you can do about that. But the yeah. cost is the, what you're getting for it is a hundred percent. And I, and I like to think that the investment that my parents put into me is hopefully paid back. Yeah, I like to yeah. think it is, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm appreciative every, every day for that, that investment that they gave to me. And it set me up for a lot of success. It's, it's very true. And there's definitely a lot of value in doing, you know, coming to a boarding school. And I think I will, I will point out, um, and it is also very important to identify the difference between scholarship and financial aid. 
Um, we boarding schools don't really give scholarship. They might give a small amount of merit scholarship, yep. um, give or take five thousand dollars. But um, financial aid is how it is, and it's and it's totally based on on your need. Um, well, well the well your your um, potential as a recruit does factor into that overall decision. I'm sure um, it, it's all based on your the, the family's needs. So we have yep. families that you know have uh, a single parent who's working two jobs with, with three kids at home trying to make this opportunity available for their child and we're we're funding them quite a bit significantly um you know like they're they're paying in the single digits maybe um yeah. and then we have kids who uh don't need any financial aid their 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 parents have done well for themselves and they can afford to pay the full tuition um so we, we run the spectrum. I think I heard our, and we're on the small end um, as a smaller boarding school. Yep. I think I heard our budget was just slightly north of $4 million for financial aid. So do the math on that. I mean, that's, that's a significant amount of, a Very significant. of money for, for if you break that up for each kid. I mean, we're at like 330, 340 kids. Um, that's a significant amount of money if you were to say average that per kid. Now, certainly that's not the case because we do have a lot of full pay kids. But um, you know that's a that's a lot of money that's going out to families in financial aid. So it's it don't ever get um, sort of sticker shock as they say. Um, I would say always go through the motions, um, try to make it happen, but just be realistic with your expectations that you set with your children. Like you know we're going to try to make this happen, but just know at the end of the day it's the, the money's got to work so that kids don't get excited and then you're kind of breaking. Not only are you not able to send them away and that hurts you as a parent. But then your child is heartbroken, and so rather than you know avoiding, hopefully you can avoid all that by just being upfront with your, your kids and say this is it's going to be tough, but we're going to try to make it work. Um, and at the end of the day, if it doesn't, don't be afraid to come back next year and try again. Yep. Some some lot of it is timing. You know what what how many kids are graduating, how much financial aid graduated, what what that budget looks like from year to year. So, um, but you know it like you said, it is absolutely worth the the price of admission um you know i i can't say it enough like i tell my girls all the time hey when you when you get out of college and you're looking for a job call me i'll do whatever i can to help you out and i yep. think that's a that's a big piece you're not going to get that from a public school or anywhere else um again like i said it's a decision for the rest of your life it's not a decision for right now absolutely so it's is it's it's scary but you know it's there's value 100 percent all right. So last question of the show, and I like to end with something for, for the, for the listeners to take away. So you've coached a lot of great players and like Kayla will put a lot of players into college hockey. Right. Nice. So I usually ask this question about the guest, but I think you'd give more value to flip it on the listeners and the players. So what is the one or two traits that you see in athletes that make it into the division one ranks and be successful? Um, yeah, that's, that's a great question. I would say number one is having a growth mindset, like being coachable, uh, listening, you know, being okay with making mistakes, but, but, not, but being accountable for those mistakes, you know, like people make mistakes. Um, having that growth mindset gets you through all of that. And those are the kind of players that co college coaches want to coach. Um, so I would say that's a number one. And then number two is you've got to have the drive. 
if you want to play in college and, and it's, you know, it used to be division one, I, I think there was more of a separation between division one and division three, perhaps. Yeah. But I think more and more now there isn't as much of a division between the two. Um, you're, the commitment is strong at division one, division three level. And it's not easy. The percentage is small for those who will go on and play at NCAA collegiate sport. Uh, so you got to have the drive, you know, you yeah. got to be okay to sacrifice while your friends are, hanging out at the beach, you know, screwing around, you're, you're working out, you know, and, and you got to make those sacrifices. If you're not willing to make those sacrifices, you don't have a growth mindset, you're going to have a hard time making it the next level. A lot of great takeaways from this one. If you want to go to prep school, I suggest you come back and listen to all of them. The one tactic that I think that is, stands out the most for me is in the recruiting process. You can talk about life at prep school you want, if it's a right fit, the money, the way that the games are but the big piece that was a black hole for me and a lot of the people who are asking questions are how do I get recruited by coaches and the best way to do it take control coach talked about sending emails making sure you have game film to share reaching out to coaches and say hey are you going to be at this tournament in Minnesota wherever it may be right taking control at the prep school level is huge one it shows initiative and it shows confidence in yourself this is the time where you're going to have to start taking control of your own career. Your parents can do a little bit, right? But this is where they start transitioning the responsibility of owning your career and your relationships with coaches, players, and, and um, recruiters and everything else. This is the time where you take control. Send that email out if you want to go to prep school. Find some coaches. Find the schools. Do your research. Send some feelers out there, include a video so that they can see and watch for themselves um, and see where it goes. But take control of your recruiting. I think that was huge and powerful. So, again, thank you, Coach, for everything you've done for me. Thank you for everything you've done for your players, past, future, and present, and continue the good work, and we'll have you back on again. As usual, thanks for listening, everybody. If you got value or you think somebody else will, please pass it along. I appreciate the support. If you guys want more from me, join the community, have some more conversations, some more content, jump over to ProAthleteAcademy.com, click the link to the community, um, and join. We'd love to see you guys in there. If not, thank you again for supporting the podcast, and I'll see you guys next week.